our teaching has looked a little bit different over these last few weeks. Is that something we all agree with? Yes. Okay, guys. Is this something we all agree with? Yeah, teaching has looked a little bit different. We've kind of transitioned into conversations with the leadership team and the board of elders to talk through the way that we really feel like God is calling us to live out our vision of introducing the Silicon Valley to Jesus. And a few weeks ago, we started and we talked about the idea that the Holy Spirit is still alive and working in the world and in God's church. And we talked about the fact that if that's true, that directly should impact the way that we pray, that we pray for Calvary, that we pray for our valley, and that we pray for our world. And then following that, Rob took us through the book of Jonah, and he really challenged us around who are our Ninevites? Who are the people that God has called me and you and us as a church to introduce him to? Last week, we had the opportunity to hear from Rob again and a couple of our elders, and we talked about what Danny just said, which is that we know the evangelism strategy that has been the way that we've done it for years and years and years probably isn't going to work that way anymore. And we talked about who the Silicon Valley is and what's different and what we're going to need to do as we look at introducing four plus million people to Jesus sometime in the next 25 years. Today, I'm going to invite my friends up. We've got Frank Burgandy and Brian Toombs, who are both currently on our board of elders, and Dan Yoder, who is serving as our chair, and if you haven't noticed, is moderating these conversations. Today, we're going to have a chance to talk a little bit about this, really the process that we've been through. Sorry, guys. I don't know where the table goes. Okay, right, it's gonna be right here. So there we are. We're gonna talk a little about the process, the things that the leadership team and the elders have worked through over the last several months. And we wanna share with you guys what that's looked like from our perspective, how God led us, and really just to continue to bring you along in this conversation. So you guys ready for this? Okay, well, three of you I are. I don't know if All I'm right. ready for the this. The rest of you. I'm with you too. Okay, these guys are with me. That's great. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this seat because it's the one left, right? Yes. Dan Yoder, it's all you. Well, you know, we've heard uh, a summary of what we've done so far and where we're going in this series from first Danny and then Christy. So I think I'm going to jump over me repeating it a third time for everybody. So. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't think you can hear it too many times. I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But... Um, but before I start, just as a, as a welcome, you know, we have three different live groups here today at Calvary, you know, here in the main auditorium, uh, outside, and in the traditional worship service. Plus, we have people watching online. So welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you're investing uh, your time in worshiping with us and learning more about where uh, our leadership team feels, our, our leaders uh, feel like we're, we're headed as a church. So uh, with that, let's, uh, let's jump in. I'd like to uh, introduce one of my uh, good friends, Frank Burgandy. He's, um, he's been a, a longtime elder. I thought you were going to say he's a piece of work. Well, that's true also. Uh, no. Uh, so Frank, would you mind... Um, Give everybody sure. a little bit of your background. Sure. Uh, as Dan said, my name is Frank Burgandy. I've been here for 24 years here in Calvary. It seems like just yesterday that I arrived from Chicago, but it's been 24 years. 11 of those years I served as an elder, seven of those years on the board, and I'm currently on the board. And I had the honor of being 
to serving as her board chair for two years. Uh, I'm married to a wonderful woman. Can't imagine why she stays with me. But she's a wonderful woman. Her name is Terry, and we've been married for 40 years. We have two adult boys. They're 27-year-old twins, and they live in San Diego. Some of you might remember them from the early days. It would be two kids running around in baseball uniforms, terrorizing the church. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I retired from the software industry that I was in for 30 years. I felt called by God to become a kingdom entrepreneur. And as a result, I became the co-founder of Adopt a Chaplain, which is a ministry that serves the deployed chaplains in, uh, in war zones. Um, I was a co-founder of Hills and Hollers Ministries, which is in the Appalachians, which serves the poorest of the poor. And by the way, they're also a global partner of us. I served on the board at William Jessup University for a term, and I was also on the board at the Barnabas Group of Silicon Valley. For the last two years, I've been serving here in Calvary as an advisor to both the lead pastor and also the leadership team. And this allowed me to see Calvary on a day-to-day -day basis over the last two years. Now, many things excite me about Calvary. Uh, one of the things that truly excites me is that uh, our renewed desire and commitment toward prayer. There are numerous prayer groups in here in Calvary, and uh, if you're not part of one, you should consider being part of one. They meet all during the week, at all different times. Some are digital, some are in person. But I think prayer is the absolutely the fundamental thing in our Christian walk that we have to be most careful of, because truly it's prayer that's communication with the Father. It's prayer that fosters that relationship that the Father so desperately wants with us. Another thing that really has excited me about Calvary is the way that the elders and the leadership team and the staff all came together at a time that could have been absolutely disastrous for us as a church and pulled together. We sought the Lord and amazing things ensued. We didn't only survive, we thrived. Other churches, I think, would have collapsed under the, the, the weight and the gravity of the situation we've been in over the last few months. We opened our pulpit to various voices and expanded and extended our vision. Our staff went totally beyond the call of duty. <laughs> I'd like to say that God's tailwind was in our sails. Amen to that. Um... It's been so great to have Frank as an advisor to the leadership team and, um, and all that. It, he's just been a great perspective and so gifted. And then there's Brian, another <laughs> of my absolute favorites on the Elder Board. Would you like to give us a little of your background, Brian? Sure. My name is Brian, Brian Toombs. Um, I have been at Calvary since 1983. Uh, I actually was on staff for a while for just a short period over, um, which was a surprise. I shared that this morning. Were you lead pastor or what I was were the you? lead pastor. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? Nobody remembers. We have, a, we have an opening if you'd like to apply. Anyway, I was on staff for a short period during the summers doing some office work. Um, there was actually this really cool 
paper cutter machine that was giant. It was made out of iron. We that, still have that it. That was my favorite uh -huh. thing. <laughs> oh, great. I wanted, so introduce me to that again you so will. I can use it again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I went through the high school group here, came through that ministry. It was a great time. Um, it was transformational for me. Um, I've been involved in a whole bunch of different ministries, uh, from go teams to various places, um, to children's ministry, sports ministry, a bunch of different things. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Erin, who's not here today, but um, she'll be watching online later, I hope. <laughs> uh, 26 years, we just celebrated our anniversary a couple weeks ago. Um, we have three kids ranging in age from almost 14 to almost 20. Uh, and I have been serving on the elder board for about a year and a half, and I'm super excited about our future. And I wanted to share one thing about, um, just personally, some of the things that God's been doing in me recently. Uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, we had Chip Ingram here, and toward the end of um, his series, he challenged us to memorize uh, the entire chapter of Romans 12. And that was a pretty daunting thing for me, and I, I initially kind of wrote it off, but saw people around me taking the challenge, and so I, I kind of jumped into it. I memorized the first three verses, two of which I kind of had already memorized at some point in the past. But then I kind of hit this wall, and um, I, 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 part of it was um, self-doubt, I think. I was telling myself I'm too old to be able to memorize scripture. <laughs> but I started seeing people around me that were older than me, that were, that were further along, and so I couldn't use that as an excuse anymore. Um, but also, it was a little bit of a lack of commitment, I'd have to say, just, just honestly. Um, and so, I found a technique that actually worked for me, um, and I'm proud to say that I've memorized Romans chapter 12. And the process of doing that um, was really, really enjoyful for me. I, I learned a lot about myself, I learned a lot about Scripture, I got deeper in Scripture. Um, and so I decided I wanted to keep doing this. And so now I'm memorizing uh, Romans 8. I'm about a third of the way through that. Um, but I wanted to share a couple of verses, not from Romans, but from, from Psalms, and, and another one from Joshua that really talks about the value of Scripture um, and memorizing it, treasuring it. Um, so this is from Psalm 119, starting verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. And the, the trans translation, the RSV says, guarding it. I really like that. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And there was a verse that, in, uh, that I memorized in college uh, from Joshua 1, Joshua 1, 8, that mm -hmm. says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. Amen. Amen. You can see why we love his perspective on the board. Wow, and your gifting as well, so thank you. And then we have Christy. Everybody knows Christy to some level, but um, would you like to share a little bit about your background? Well, I kind of wanted to keep it a mystery, but you want me to share? Okay. Uh, you guys know this about me. I'm married to a wonderful guy named Adam who is sitting here today, and I've got two 
boys that are going in, or I guess they started last week, eighth grade and fifth grade, and so there's a lot of eating that happens in our house. I have been in full-time vocational ministry for 18 years, which is hard for me to say, because then you can do the math and figure out how old I am. It's a good thing you started when you were 12 years oh, old. It's, it's very true. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm, barely a day over 35. Um, so I've been at Calvary for 11 years, and I've gotten to serve on the leadership team here, and it's um, an incredible place. I get to work a lot with our staff and spend a lot of time with them, not just the ones that kind of fall in my jurisdiction, but with the whole team. And it's pretty incredible, the staff that we have here at Calvary. I know many of you agree with me, but if you don't know a staff personally, that's kind of my challenge is that you would reach out and get to know, get to know us because we have some incredible people who work here. That's great. Thank you, guys. Uh, it, it's been wonderful working shoulder to shoulder with Christy. And she's, she's, uh, Everything you think she is and probably more. So uh, thank you for your, your great service at Calvary. So today, as uh, Danny and Christy both said, we're going to talk more about um, as the elder board and the leadership team started to realize this was really a vision going after Silicon Valley in a, in a generation. So we've said that's 25 years. What does that look like? And how, how do we... How do we turn that into something that God wants us to do and is actionable, uh, fruitful, if, if we were to use uh, Jesus' term. Um, so, so today what we want to do is describe some of that process to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Frank first. Um, so what was it like taking the leadership team and the elder board through this process? Because you and I were kind of the, the ones that were involved in every single one of these meetings. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because, as was mentioned before, the first thing we had to determine was the phrase in our generation introducing Silicon Valley to Jesus. We had to determine if that was just some catchy marketing phrase or if that was truly a God-given directive. And through a lot of prayer and thought and prayer and thought and more prayer and thought, we came down to the fact that this truly was a God-given directive. So the next question was, how can a medium-sized church in Los Gatos, in the South Bay, address such an audacious goal? The obvious answer was, again in scripture, what is impossible for man is possible for God. This led us back to prayer to seek God's solution. Because after all, you've heard us say it many times, maybe you've said it yourself, that we declare that Calvary is God's church. So if in fact Calvary is God's church, we probably should ask God what his plans are. Amen. <laughs> we started to hear that we all had to unite with other Silicon Valley churches, <clears throat> excuse me, and parachurches. Now business has always used strategic alliances uh, as a way to multiply resource and multiply revenue. But for some reason, churches have always failed at using strategic alliances. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think part and parcel of this is because churches very often saw other churches either as competitors or, in the worst case, outsiders. And parachurch organizations tried to work often with churches, but that didn't seem to work, and they, so they decided to go it alone. 
So then the light bulb went off. And that was, we have to stop looking at the mission as a Calvary Los Gatos mission and start looking at this mission, this audacious mission that we have as a mission for the ecclesia in Silicon Valley. And we would have a part of it, but we wouldn't bear the in entirety of it. As a result, our mission must include the ability to join arms with churches and organizations that see the Lord's Great Commission as their mission. From here we went to the elders. We basically presented the exercise to them, and the elders had the same conclusion that the leadership team did, that this was an audacious, bodacious goal that really required the linking of arms of other churches and, and parachurches. We went to the elder fellowship, again, the same result. And then we, when the PSC was constituted, we went to the PSC with this, because fundamentally, the decisions that are made upon our direction totally inform the attributes of what the lead pastor should be. And so we went to the staff, ta-da, same thing. The staff looked at this and said, yeah, that makes sense. And now we're in the process of rolling this out to the congregation. So as we present these things, we would certainly welcome your feedback in terms of our direction. Dan. Yeah, it's been a remarkable journey. So. Uh, Brian, would you like to describe a little bit about your experience as we went through this with the Elder Fellowship? By the way, the Elder Fellowship is a broader set of elders that include more than uh, the people on the board. Yeah, in a word, I would just say unity. Um, I saw at the beginning of this year, we were meeting really, really frequently, uh, sometimes more, more often than a week, than every week. And uh, uh, the sitting elders, the larger elder fellowship, the leadership team, everyone was just united as we began to discuss all of this and share, and people had different opinions, but you know, not way off in the weeds. It just was like, it was a really neat thing to see, to be able to see everyone on the same page and really wanting to go in this direction. It's amazing when you bathe things in prayer, how the Holy Spirit brings people together. Uh, so that, that was wonderful. Christy, how about you? You had to go through it with as part of the leadership team up front and then also work with the staff. Yeah, um, I think you guys know the leadership team, myself and Danny and Rob, and we come a lot of times from a perspective of strategy and management, and those are the things that we have some gifts in and some skill sets in. And so when we first started talking about how we're gonna solve this problem of introducing the Silicon Valley to Jesus, we were coming at it with that perspective of you know, how you would solve it at a company. Um, and, and that is good at times, sometimes that works. Um, but when you're talking about things that can only be done through the Lord, there was a moment where there was a challenge to us to kind of step back from what we know, step back from the things that we do naturally and how we would solve a problem and really spend some time seeking what God would have us do in this. And so when we came back together to share that as a team alongside Dan and Frank, the five of us in that conversation began to stray from where we had been strategically and really see some places where there was very clear alignment in what we had heard from the Lord. And so that was really encouraging for me um, because we're coming at the problem in a, in a different way. And then, Dan and Frank took it to the elders and the elder fellowship, like these guys just shared. And when they came back and shared with the leadership team what had happened, those same areas of alignment were still there. And so that, 
that is when we begin to really feel the wind behind our sails of like, gosh, this is what God is doing. This is what he's telling, I don't know, at that point, almost 25 people, right, are, hear, are, are kind of hearing the same thing and sensing the same direction. So I would say that was a really cool part for me because I, I, I got to be a part of those conversations. I would say the second thing that was really, really neat, for lack of a better word, is that when we shared with the staff where we felt like the Lord was heading, I had a little bit of intrepidation because um, the last few years, there's been some angst. We didn't have a pastor and we don't have a pastor again. And we came up with a new vision and we had really pushed on a different, a different way of doing it in the last year. And we'd asked our staff to really think about some specific things. And I knew we were going into sharing this and it was going to look completely different. And so I was a little nervous and wondering how they were going to react. And I think the thing that sticks out with me about that conversation you can see all their little faces on, you know, our Zoom screen um, and just watching and, and, and praying, you know, Lord, please remove the angst, remove, remove all the fear that comes in change and grief and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you could just feel in the conversations that were had after that there was a sense of peace. And so that is something that can only come from the Lord when you say, hey, we're going to redirect how we go after our vision and we're going to have to re-talk about all the things we've been talking about for the last year and a half to have them respond with a sense of, whew, okay, I think we can do this. Yeah, this sounds about right. And um, was really encouraging to us, to me personally, but to us as a leadership team, then to us um, as we met together. Yeah, it, you know, our human nature is when change happens, especially when it's done, done to us, um, it's usually not very positive. So um, God going before those conversations and, and uh, working in everybody's hearts was was clearly in effect. So, Frank, did you have something you want to? Yeah, I was. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here playing mind reader, and I'm I'm, I'm looking out into the, the the audience here, and you're probably thinking, so what's different? What what are we doing? And and I have a couple things for you to think about. What we're what we came up with is a plan that basically steps away from the old traditional self-contained parish model. You know, in the old days, Calvary Church was Calvary Church, limited to Calvary Church. The, the new model is one of reaching out into the whole Silicon Valley by linking arms, as I said earlier, with other churches. And one of the, the catchphrases we've been using around here, and I'm, I'm a little cautious with this one, but it's the notion that Calvary Church is not a cruise ship, but it's a battleship. And I think we need a little grace when we unpack that metaphor. But the bottom line behind that is a cruise ship is typically a ship where the vacationers are king, where they come on board and it's what they want. They go to dinner when they want. They sit on the deck when they want. They have no responsibility on the ship. A battleship is a ship that's dedicated to the mission. And the people on the ship are all engaged in that mission. And that's really, if you, if you hold on to that thought, instead of it being a cruise ship or a battleship, instead of it being something that's totally inward focused and, and facing, it's going to be something that's going to be outward focused and facing. Now, rest assured, we're not, we're not eliminating the need to edify the body and build the body and disciple the body and teach the body. We're doing that but we're also doing this 
we're doing the, the why we're doing that is so we could reach the mission, so we can go out, so we could leave the 99 and find the one. It's not just training, it's training and equipping and sending, right? In terms of, so it's a, in some ways, you know, if you're worried, oh my gosh, what does this mean for teaching style and things like that? If anything, it's gonna be more about meat because it's about training and equipping uh, the body here to go out because the front lines now are outside of Calvary. They are out in your neighborhoods. So that's where we have to take that responsibility of training and equipping. And you'll see that reflected in, in the teaching that you're gonna see going forward. Um, so that's some of, uh, Brian, you've got, uh, you, you had to wrestle a little bit with the word ecclesia. Um, and, and so tell us a little bit more about your thinking about what that means and what we could, can and should do. Yeah, so we've used this, this term in the past, the church, the big C church, which really means uh, more than just Calvary. Calvary is a C, a big C, but big C church means other churches as well. But we really realized that ecclesia, so ecclesia, we needed a special word. A password. <laughs> we needed a Greek word, didn't we? We wanted like a secret password kind of a word. So anybody outside wouldn't know this word. The Hebrew word was too hard, ecclesia. Greek is a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, ecclesia really encompasses more than just churches. Um, we're talking about parachurches. We're talking about maybe even partnering with, you know, this is all about partnerships. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but it's about partnerships with, with um, organizations that are focused on Christ or maybe even partnerships with organizations that are not centered on Christ, but would have, that have a strategic mission that God wants us to go after. Um, so that's kind of what the word is about. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. So what we had to do is take a lot of this general high level, what does this mean? And then prayerfully figure out how do we make this actionable? So Christy, why don't you walk us through what we came up with? Okay, well, we're pastors, so we knew we had to use rhyming or alliteration. Am I right? That's what <laughs> pastors do? Come on, you guys. So we used alliteration. So we have pillars. We have three pillars that we believe are going to take us um, to the point where we're going to be able to introduce the Silicon Valley to Jesus in our generation. And the first one is prayer, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. We talked about, I talked about it, Danny talked about it, um, this idea that the Holy Spirit is active and moving. And so it has to impact the way that we pray, the way that we pray for our people here, the way we pray for those in our influence, in our neighborhoods, in our jobs, um, in our kids' sports teams, and, and the way that we pray in the world. And so prayer is going to be foundational, and it has to be foundational because we know that movements of God happen when a group of people are praying fervently. And so we will continue to do that. So our first pillar is prayer. Our second pillar is partnerships, which Brian just alluded to and talked about a little bit. And really, the idea with partnerships is that God has gifted and given passion and created this body of Christ, right? And so many of us are different. And there are organizations who have found niches 
that God has given them amazing and abundant blessings in. And Calvary doesn't need to be all things for every person. So maybe we can figure out a way to partner with those organizations, the ones that God has gifted so well in these other areas, rather than try and do it all ourselves. And in the coming weeks, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that and what that could look like. Um, as Brian, and Brian will talk about it in a second as well. Um, but it really is this idea that we're not gonna do it on our own and we don't, we're not trying to do it on our own. We're trying to do it with the Lord anyways, but we can do that in partnering with people. And our third one, which I think we're gonna talk about um, in a couple weeks or next week, or it's coming, so we've got prayer, uh, two weeks, two weeks. Um, our last one is pathways. And pathways is a really cool word that Dan will talk about as well, but there's really gonna be two different pathways. And one is a pathway for those who don't know Jesus. And we know that to meet Jesus, you got to be introduced to him, right? And so we're going to be looking at some very specific ways and steps that people can take. Maybe they start in our sports ministry. Maybe they start in our kitty campus. Maybe they start in your backyard over a cup of coffee. But we'll design and are in the process of designing some really clear next steps so that people can go from never hearing about Jesus to having an opportunity to accept him as Savior. And then the second side of that will be for those of us who know Jesus and have followed him. Maybe you've known him for a week or maybe you've known him for 50 years Whatever the case may be, the Bible clearly tells us that he is faithful to complete a good work in us, which means while we're here on this earth, he hasn't finished. And so there's a process of discipleship, and we've begun to have those conversations in the last many months with you, but we will continue to develop pathways that allow us to delve more into how we become more intimately following after Jesus and what he has for us. I'm pretty excited about the three Ps. I couldn't tell. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to tell, I know. So, Frank, do you want to say a few more words about the uh, prayer portion of this? Sure. I once heard it said that the devil does not fear a large church, but he fears a praying church. So we should really model ourselves as a praying church. Praying transforms a church from being stale and inactive to being fresh and vibrant. And who wouldn't want a fresh and vibrant church so it's not, a, it's not a could have, it's a must have. Prayer must be in our walk. Prayer is how we actively communicate with God. And yes, it's two-way communication. It's letting the Holy Spirit in you call to mind various scriptures, words, images, thoughts, etc., cetera, uh, that will allow you to praise God for who he is and what he has done in your life. It allows you to pray out your desires, to pray out your hurts, pour out your hurts, confess your shortcomings, and basically not convince God to your will, but to align your will to God's will. Prayer is how we know what God wants us to do in his church. You don't really have a church without prayer. Paul tells us to pray unceasingly because God wants constant dialogue. And the more you get comfortable with this, the more you're comfortable with praying unceasingly. So Brian, what does the partnership pillar look like? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so partnership, I wanna say first something, what I think it's not. Partnership is not taking a bunch of money and sending it to some organization and patting ourselves on the back saying, we are doing this ministry. You know, there is a place for that, and, and, but it's not going to be the primary focus. Um, really, I think that partnerships are the future of the ministry here. Um, we're going to be focused more broadly, um, more than on just our people, but on people outside. 
Um, it's the involvement of our people in a bunch of different ministries outside of Calvary. And one of the benefits, I think, is that it brings um, a better insight into what God is doing in a broader way uh, throughout the Silicon Valley uh, that we wouldn't otherwise be able to see. Um, partnerships, one of the key things is about relationships. It's about developing new relationships, fostering existing relationships. Um, let me just give a quick example of, let's say we have a need for some training in evangelism, and um, somebody knows, well, I know a guy at InterVarsity who is just a master at evangelism. So we might bring in this guy, his name is Doug, um, to come and do some training for us. And as a partnership, all partnerships are two-way, at least they should be, um, you know, that may give him some pathways to uh, introducing um, the people of Calvary, the college students of Calvary, um, to him, to, that he might be able to start new InterVarsity fellowships. By the way, InterVarsity is an organization that focuses on college, uh, transforming college students, reaching them for Christ. And so he might be able to have uh, an opportunity to um, start InterVarsity fellowships on new campuses that he wasn't already involved in, that they weren't already involved in. Um, let me talk about a few other examples. One, uh, starting with, with a couple that, are, that I think we are, are really thriving partnerships that we're currently doing. Um, and then moving into one, some newer ones and maybe some that, that uh, we might do in the future. So the first one, well, I'll just mention Foster the City. Um, everybody knows it used to be called Foster the Bay. Foster the City is something that we're really, really deeply involved in. Um, but the other one I wanted to focus on a little bit more is called City Team. Um, everybody knows about House of Hope here. But City Team is, is really um, a key force behind House of Hope. Uh, when we first began partnering with City Team, they didn't have much reach in this area. And so we're basically an outlet for food distribution for City Team. Um, it's, it's a lot broader and a lot deeper than that, but that's, that's um, kind of how they see us, or at least the part of that. Um, they provide a bunch of perishable foods uh, for us that we are able to get, give out. And for us, it, we have access to people that we wouldn't normally have access to, and we get to do prayer ministry and discipleship and just go a lot deeper. Um, and that, that's something that City Team doesn't normally get to do either. So we partner and we, we benefit in a bunch of ways. Um, they do some training for us. We get to share with them our experiences so they might be able to do this better with other churches. A bunch of stuff like that. Um, another one, uh, last week, um, Promote mentioned National School Project. Uh, this is an organization that uh, focuses on Christian uh, clubs or Bible clubs in schools that we can't really go directly into. They do really, really top-notch training. Um, so in return, you know, as a, as a partnership, we might be able to provide our facility that's being unused during the week for them to do a big, you know, big training session or big rally or something like that. Um, again, this is one that's just sort of at its beginning stages. Um, and then the future might be something like Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is an organization for uh, both teens and adults uh, that's focused on 12-step recovery, but it's really, really centered on Christ. It's a Christ-centered recovery ministry. Um, God is involved in all recovery, or almost all recovery um, ministries, but, uh, but Teen Challenge is one of those that's really, really focused on Christ. So um, over to Dan for the third pillar, which is Pathways. Pathways. Can you tell us about that? I know. What is this Pathways thing? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting that if you look at what the early Christians in the first century called themselves, um, their, their description for themselves was the way. Um, and so as we were talking about pathways, it, it reminded me, oh yeah, you know, they didn't see this as a religion. This was 
This was the way to have a relationship with God. This was a way to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And, um, and so we're, really that's what we're talking about, is really going back to what Jesus taught his disciples to do. And so those, that first pathway, the pre-salvation pathway that, that Christy was talking about, is discipleship from Jesus' perspective. You know, we call it evangelism, but it's really building those relationships. Um, as we model Jesus, people fall in love with Jesus, and ultimately they get to a point where they say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want him to be the Lord of my life. And then there's growth that has to happen till the day we die. You know, we're being discipled, and we were to continue to grow and act out our faith in, in terms of what we do. But uh, we're, we're going to be digging into those pathways. You know, I would imagine that some of those pathways will actually tie in with some of the uh, partnerships, you know, that uh, would be very logical for that to happen. And we'll have to see how God uh, moves in all that. But uh, in two weeks, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to look at Luke 10, um, and we're going to look at the book of Acts, where we follow Paul as he evangelized and discipled uh, the city of Ephesus, which was the third largest city at, at that time. So, um, so that's some of what we have forward to look, look forward to over the next few weeks. So Christy, would you like to summarize, like, so what, what should everybody be taking away from this? Yeah, as we wrap up, just a couple things to be thinking through, um, and I think they're going to appear on the screen behind me. The first one is that this is really an opportunity to begin to ask the Lord, what is it that you have for me in this? How can I be more on mission for you? And that idea of on mission is just, who am I going to be going into the world and sharing with? Not that you need to go to a faraway country, but God's put you in a sphere of influence. And so just be asking him that and remember that he wants to talk to you. And so give yourself the opportunity to be still and to quiet your mind and to, to ask him to speak into who, what he has for you. Um, the other thing we know is that this is a lot of information. And so some of what we're saying, you're like, gosh, I don't, I'm not even sure what they're really talking about or I don't have clarity on where we're going. We really, really want you guys to understand and to be with us. And so in order to do that, I'm really gonna encourage you to stay with us. And if you haven't listened to the last three weeks or you haven't been able to be here, go back and go online and just listen to the conversations that were had and then stick with us for the next three weeks and listen to the conversations that are coming um, because this really does inform how we as a church are gonna go about introducing the Silicon Valley to Jesus and we want you to know because it's not about us as leadership, it's about us as a church doing this together. And so please pay attention to that. And as you have questions, as you have concerns, as things come up in your mind and you're thinking, I don't know, what are the, I don't get this, I'm not even sure I agree. Please do not let it stop there in your mind. Will you come and have conversations with us? That's our request. We're gonna have an opportunity next week after service and we're gonna have a specific Q&A time. So if you wanna mark that on your calendar and stick around and ask a bunch of questions, we'd love for you to do that. If you're more comfortable emailing, you can email info at calvarylg.com and we will get back to you and have a conversation. If you wanna to talk to one of the elders, one of the leadership team, we are so willing to engage and we wanna make sure that we're doing this together. So please, this is not a platitude, please come talk to us, share with us, and let's talk through this because we believe so wholeheartedly that this is what God is calling us to go after, that we wanna make sure we're being clear in, in the communication and that we're, we're together as a church. That's great. Um, 
I'm going to close this in prayer. But before I do, um, I just felt led this morning to, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in our world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty in Silicon Valley, in our nation. Um, and we have to remember that it's so easy to look at things in the natural world and keep our eyes drifted off of God. But that's where our faith is, should be placed and uh, that's what we need to get back to sometimes. And so when we have times when there's a lot of angst, a lot of anger, um, we just have to remember that God's just showing us that the only person we can trust is Him. So we, and I, I would say it's fair that all four of us are prayer warriors. And I would say most of the elders, the leadership team, the staff are as well. We want to pray for you guys. So if you're struggling with something, it could be physical, emotional, spiritual, we want to be praying for you. So um, what I'd like to just invite you to do, if you, if you want, is um, go to, you can either send an email or go to our website. So if you want to send an email, send it to prayer at calvarylg.com or go to calvarylg.com slash prayer and you can enter your prayer. But we want to pray for all of you. Um, so please don't be bashful. We actually, we have, you know, prayer warriors who love being able to exercise their gifting. So uh, please do that. So let me pray for us as we close, and then I'll hand it off to uh, Frank for communion. Father God, um, we declare that Calvary is your church. And we commit to be your human partners. Lead us and guide us. Mold and shape our desires for Silicon Valley to be in line with you. Help us to love and see Silicon Valley the way you see it. Um, disciple us and equip us to, um, to love our brothers and sisters uh, in our neighborhoods, in our our Nineveh's, uh, as Rob said a couple weeks ago. In your name, amen.